You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Referral Mortgages and Blue Panda Realty, with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate in our nation's capital. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's Welcome right. Back. That's Welcome right. back. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. It's the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. As always, we're here for you talk about real estate <laughs> mortgages whatever else to talk about it's uh it's a duo today we're doing a duo my name is paul stevenson i'm one of the owners of referral mortgages and greg campbell is with me he is a partner and an agent at blue panda realty and i'll give a quick shout out to our sponsor north brew coffee if you hit the north brew if you head to northbrew.ca and the promo code podcast, you'll get 20% off your coffee order. This is actually my first coffee of the day. It's 11 a.m. So there you go. Oh, that's I late. Speak. <laughs> no. That's it. How was the week, Greg? How was the weekend? Week uh, week was good. There's a, there's a lot going on for me. I got a couple of uh, deals in progress right now. I have uh, those new listings I was talking about last week. Uh, more, I got more coming out this week. So in terms of my business, it's been great. Um, you, you know, overall, overall the markets, uh, the markets moving, um, this weekend is great. We're at the cottage. I'm at the cottage. As you can see, as you can see, I'm here, I'm here for, uh, until next, uh, till Friday, but, um, yeah, everything's all right. How, how about yourself, Paul? How was your, uh, how was your week in business? Um, week in business was good. It was last week was very hectic. We, um, we're still, we got a lot of moving parts right now with the business, uh, which is good, but it requires a lot of attention and, uh, you know, time is money. Energy is, uh, the only thing we got, you know what I mean? Um, it's a lot of, a lot of focus going into it. So, uh, long days, long nights trying to sleep is, uh, you know, trying to fit everything into one day. It's challenging. Had a great weekend though. We uh, kind of checked out. My son was in a local hockey tournament here, which was always fun. That's and, cool. um, they won, which is also even more fun. Um, you know, for the people that don't agree that there should be winners and losers to you, I say, join a tournament, see how it feels to win. And, uh, <laughs> uh no, I'm growing up, uh, you know, I was at, played a lot of sports growing up and just the, uh, you know, the camaraderie, the teammate, the, uh, yeah. it's everything that goes along with playing sports, organized sports is, um, I think it teaches you a lot of life lessons and uh teach you a little bit about yourself at the same time for sure for sure that's great and yeah you guys i mean last week you were busy because you started your um your school platform yeah the ontario mortgage academy uh it went very yes, well the academy. Yeah, it was yeah it was a sold out uh, sold out class we uh we got week two obviously this week it's a four-week course so basically an hour and a half a week, we're training new or newer agents on how to run a successful mortgage business. So last week, we were really focusing on everything to know kind of in your first six months, like what fees to expect, what brokerages offer, um, you know, how to get your feet wet, just basically tip of the iceberg. Uh, and then this week, we're, we're getting a bit more into the weeds. So yeah, great response. It seemed that everyone who was in attendance, um, you know, got a lot out of it. It was very engaged. <clears throat> Excuse me people are very engaged. So it's a lot, it's, it's obviously easier to do a course like that when people are asking questions and, uh, have a kind of a vested interest in, in the material. So that was, uh, yeah, we got, you know, we had a great time. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm definitely love the educational side of it. You know, as a kid, I either wanted to be a teacher or, mm -hmm. or a policeman, which I know we've talked about. Um, and I feel like both of those are, you know, 
ways to teach ways to help. Uh, yeah. so I do enjoy that aspect of it, you know, sharing our knowledge and, um, we've been in the business now, you know, almost 10 years and, and prior to that had a lot of business experience as well. So, um, yeah, no, it's fun. I like, you know, it's just kind of our, uh, our way to give back, I guess, to the industry and yeah. as a whole, I think I might've mentioned, That's cool. before, but you know, the better agents are informed, the better, you know, uh, better advice are given to clients, uh, better files that are going into banks. I mean, everyone kind of wins from that sort of, um, sharing of information. So, so yeah, week two coming sure. up Wednesday. And if anyone and is, that's, uh, and that's a very good, sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, if anyone is listening, who is a newer agent or is, you know, registered for their course, um, check it out. Just go to ontariomortgageacademy.com and has a list of all the different, uh, kind of course criteria and so on. And there's still a few seats left for the November course. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, on your point of, of knowledge, you know, knowledge being a very powerful thing and teaching and learning, you know, we, we try to do what we try to do our best on, on our show here. I think we do a pretty good job. Um, you know, it's obviously our, our opinion. And, uh, I, I loved in the comments last week, I responded to a bunch of questions, but you know, the whole, the whole thing of bias, mm. just saying that, you know, uh, that the marketplace episode was very biased and then, you know, saying that, you know, I guess if you're in the industry, like, you know, are, are we biased to like, you know, defending certain things, I guess. And it, it was interesting though, because when I was reading the comments, you know, I was basically saying that I agree with what everyone is, is saying to an extent. Right. And there was a few things that maybe at the end of last week's episode, just talking about it, you know, I probably got, I probably, I probably overlooked a few things in the way that I was saying it because with the lack of information of how the situations were in that episode, my explanation of the way that I saw certain things, I probably, I definitely left out uh, quite a bit of information. And, and I, after listening back, I was like, Oh yeah, I could have said this. I could have said this. I could have said this. So there's just a couple of things I, I want to touch on, on, on that episode. Again, speaking of, you know, the 5% uh, commission rate that, you know, they called all these other agents, um, and everyone said, no, it's 5%. You know, one agent said, I don't reduce my commission. Um, and how I was kind of saying, you know, for me personally, if anyone calls me and just asks about the commission, you know, I don't really talk about it until a uh, proper conversation is had. Right. So I also think to myself, you know, did really, did, did all of the agents that they call actually say that, or did they just leave out the ones that didn't say that, you know? I mean, these shows are built to create, uh, conversations. And I think with, uh, with having agents on that maybe didn't say that it wouldn't be as much of a story. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I, I, cha I challenge CBC marketplace to try to make those calls again, because I can't, I can't believe that every single agent they called in every single province said that they it's a 5% commission rate and take it or leave it. Like I find that totally outlandish. Something tells me they might have their basket. There might've been some cherry picking there. You know, they might've been uh, <laughs> picking cherries. Um, that's kind yeah, of right to Dave too. When, when Dave was talking about it, I said, you know, we're, when he was talking about the, um, the, uh, governing bodies, you know, the Korea and so on, I said, you know, we got to take it as a grain of salt because, you know, if they're trying to push a narrative that they're unresponsive, you know, one voicemail, well, we didn't hear back for two days. Well, you know, uh, they never got back to us. It's like, well, did they not get back to you? Or did you, you know, did you follow the proper channels? Did you actually do, you know, 
Uh, again, like this guy isn't a real estate agent. Like, do they even have to respond to him? There might be a different channel that they have to go through to form a complaint. Like we, I don't know, so I can't comment, but you know, it's easy to shape a conversation to fit a specific narrative that you're trying to push. The episode was specifically sure. this story. So they're not going to purposely put something in that goes against the whole point of the episode. You know what I mean? That's my opinion. Yeah. Maybe and, I'm, and the, maybe I'm and the, um, yeah, maybe you're biased. And the other thing that people need to understand too, that, that they didn't get into in that episode is that when you are working with a buyer, there's two documents that you can have signed, or you can have none signed, just depends on how you do business. But you know, if you have a buyer representation agreement signed, then by law through that agreement, like you have a duty to that person to represent them to the fairest, like fairly, um, and you know, be true to them. If you have a customer service agreement, all you do is guide them through the process and basically do whatever they tell you to do. If you have nothing signed, then there's nothing from stopping you from steering, like they said in the episode, right? Now, me, me as a person, ethically, I wouldn't, whether I have anything signed, I wouldn't steer anyone away from from anyone because going into the situation, I would you know be treating that person fairly. Um, and if it, if it was my listing, I would probably pass them off to another agent because I don't believe in working both sides, which, um, I know a lot of agents still do. So it, it's, it, you really got to think about it. Like, do, do I think what those agents were doing in the episode was right? No, but it could be that they, you know, they operate under the rule of, if I don't have an agreement signed with anyone, then I'm just going to do, I'm just going to do whatever I feel is right for me at the time, you know? Um, yeah. So I know a so, lot of agents will essentially make clients sign that document on the first visit, like kind of like here, we're working together, yeah. sign this paper. I'm not basically going to have a further conversation with you. And then others will go much further along in the process and prior to submitting an offer say, okay, well, we're going to put something, put some pen to paper and, um, agree to work together. So you're basically saying yeah. just to make it crystal clear for everyone listening, if someone doesn't have that agent agreement signed, then legally the agent could technically steer them without any repercussions. I'm not saying that's eth ethically correct, but you're saying given the rules, if they don't have a, an agreement signed, yeah. they can do that. Because like, you know, those agents in some respects, it's like if anyone just called, like if those people, just called that agent and the agent said, sure, I'll take you out to see the house. No, no matter what the agent does, there's, there's not really much that can happen other than them looking bad and making the brokerage look bad. But legally, if there's nothing signed and I mean, we don't know they, they don't talk about that. Right? right. So, so what does that look like? So that's another thing that I think was kind of left out and, and magically forgotten about you know, just to make, make the scenario look as, as bad as it possibly could. And the other thing was, you know, that woman listed her house, you know, they did marketplace did suggest that they made some calls and the agents or the agents said that the home was overpriced. Maybe it was, you know, I didn't, um, I, I reached out to someone in Toronto, uh, asking about that property in particular, but I didn't hear back. Mm. And, uh, you know, well, I'm sure I'll get to that at some point. Um, but the, you know, the other comment was it's Toronto. It was spring. It's like that house could have been overpriced. And then when it did sell in three months, it could have been worth. Yeah. You mentioned it in the last episode. Time. I thought that was very, a very accurate, um, 
like understanding yeah. of, of the market, right? In three months, I mean, the property could have easily gone up 150, 200 grand, just given Huge. where the market was in the spring. Uh, and that seems very plausible. Um, for yourself, Greg, like if you have a new client that's calling you like that, if someone called you the other and said, I want to go look at 123 Main Street, what kind of questions are you asking them to vet? Like, are you working with someone else right now? Have you been to any other yeah. properties with any other agents? Because, you know, for them to call three different agents who are willing to show them properties, like you said, without any real relationship built, um, that's probably going to be a special type or like a, a specific type of agent. Correct. That would yeah. do that without any kind of, yeah. Like due diligence? it's, you know, what I do is when they, I send a, an email, like if it's, if it's an email, if I get an email asking about a property, they want to see it. Um, a lot of the times, you know, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. A lot of my business is past client referral base, but if I get somebody who, uh, I saw, I saw your listing or, um, I got your name. I found you online. Are you able to help? Then if that's what it is, I'm like, are you pre-approved for a mortgage? Are you currently under contract with another realtor? Have you bought and sold real estate in the past? Uh, are you renting or, or are you renting a house? Um, and sometimes I, I might add in something like, are you familiar with the buyer representation agreement? Um, and you know, they just answer those questions. And based on that, I have a follow-up and then just decide, you know, how I want to approach it. And, you know, when you speak with someone, I think when you've been doing it as long as we have, you know, when you get, when you get on that, that call, you kind of have a sense of, of where they're going, um, and, and how they're going to be and whether you think you're going to get along with them or not. And that's, and I said it before too, it's like, I said, you know, we'll meet up, um, and I'll be glad to show you the house. Thanks for answering those questions. If, if we feel that we're a good fit after that and you want to move forward and work together, we'll talk about that then. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, we will um, sometimes run into that as well. That. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I think our sound's second off. So we're, uh, we're, we're a bit laggy. Um, I, I was going to say that we oftentimes, I shouldn't say oftentimes, but we do run into that time to time in our industry as well, where, you know, someone may have talked to, another broker or the bank or whoever. So, you know, we've kind of gotten into the habit and we tell our agents as well to always ask, you know, where are you at in the process? Like, are you working with someone? Have you spoken to your bank? Mm-hmm. Um, have you been pre-approved previously? Because it, it helps you understand where, you know, where their head is at and what their expectations are from the get-go. Um, and oftentimes people will say, no, I haven't worked with anyone else. And then we'll do a credit check and see that they got a credit poll from, you know, ABC brokerage a month ago. And then I can go back and say, Hey, Greg, you know, I know you mentioned that you hadn't spoken to anyone, but we do see that there was a credit check about a month ago. Just wanted to see where things stand with that relationship. And they'd be like, oh no, you know, that was just a, a one-off. We talked to someone or whatever, but you know, we can, it's important to understand mm-hmm. where people are at in the process and who they have already spoken to so that you can, as a realtor, or as a mortgage broker, properly advise them on next steps. And even some of the risks that are involved in that, like for, for us as a broker, if someone's working with two or three other brokers, and we're all working, you know, we all work with pretty much the same banks, right? Some of us have different relationships with those lenders, depending on the size of your brokerage, how much volume you're doing, et cetera. So oftentimes, you know, we might have, I'm just using any example, I'll use TD as an example. We might have a relationship with TD where we get, you know, uh, a rate that's 0.05 lower than say another brokerage. So if someone is dealing with me and another broker and they find a property that they like, and we both decide, you know what? And I don't know this person's working with another, another broker. Let's just say they're doing this behind my back for whatever reason. I mean, there's no advantage to do that, but just let's just say they are. If we both try to submit the file to TD, one of us is going to get blocked because banks will only accept an application from one 
Like they only accept one application per client. You can't have, you know, three different brokers submitting to the same bank. So what has happened in the past is that someone will be working with a broker previously, that person submitted it somewhere, and then they come to us uh, and they say, you know, I no longer want to work with this broker. And that might be the best lender. Um, so when we try to submit there now, we can't because the other broker has already submitted there. And hypothetically speaking, if that broker doesn't have as strong of a relationship, well, now they're getting a higher rate and maybe a, a lesser product because they're dealing with that broker instead of us. So it's really important to understand, like, who are you working with? And are we, do we have like a, a mutually exclusive relationship? Because I can only best advise you if we're working one-on-one, -on -one. like if you're working with five other people, it just makes everyone's job harder. You have to provide five times the paperwork, five times the discussions. Like it doesn't benefit anyone in the process. So I have to imagine that's the same on your side. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I find people are pretty straight up if they, if they have been working with someone or they'll say like you, you, you know, they'll, they'll tell me, yeah, we have been, but that relationship isn't going anywhere. And no, we didn't sign right. anything. And it's like, okay. Uh, and sometimes if there has been times where I felt kind of uneasy about certain things and I'll actually call that agent. If they do mention that they were working with someone and I'll say, look, I've been talking to these people. They mentioned your name. Um, I just want to know where you guys sit. Um, you know, do you want to follow up with them? I'll never just take somebody when they actually tell me that they've been, uh, previously working with somebody because I, I want to know the whole story. I yes. don't want to be, I don't want to become that other agent where now they're calling somebody else again. Right. Yes. I actually yeah. had an instance recently where someone had met me through a first time homebuyer webinar that I had done. And when I ended up having a conversation with them, they told me that they had been pre-approved with another broker and this and that. And I asked who the broker was, and I actually knew the person personally. And so I told the client, I said, listen, I said, they're an excellent advisor. I said, I would strongly recommend you, you know, double back with them and ask them these questions because, you know, they'll know the answer and they'll be able to properly advise you. And then I messaged the agent as well and just said, Hey, I, you know, I was speaking with Greg Campbell today. Um, you know, they mentioned that they had been already working with you. I basically redirected them to you. And I think like for our industry, it's really important to respect other people's advice as well and not step on toes. The big difference in our industry is that we don't have that same agent agreement, right? So really clients, as much as I hate to say this, like they don't really have any, uh, at least like legal responsibility to work with us. We could advise them all the way. And this happens. I mean, I, you know, it's a couple of times I've advised clients for a year and a half on new builds and construction. So on, and last minute they end up going to the bank two <laughs> yeah. weeks before closing. Um, and you know, that's the sort of stuff that does happen, but ideally you don't want to be the person that is, you know, stealing a client or, or talking bad about another agent behind their back it just doesn't benefit anyone. It doesn't benefit the industry. Um, but one thing we do see in our, in our side of things, I think there's been a few agents that have maybe been burned one too many times in that fashion. And they will actually have clients sign an agreement saying, you know, if you do not work with me to fruition or till, till funding, you basically owe me a thousand dollars or $500, almost like a commitment fee. Um, so that does happen. Uh, I'm not saying I necessarily am for it or against it. I don't do it. Um, but you know, everyone's got to make a living. So I guess yeah. uh, it's your own experience, right? Of course. And I mean, over well over here in Ontario, they're also they've been trying to do this. I guess for a while they've been working on it. Apparently things take forever, but uh, you know the, having the separate buyer broker and then the selling brokerage, and when you join a brokerage, uh, you either become one or either agent. They're so can I ask you a question, Greg? Like I know we talked about yeah. this so probably about a year ago, but I think since we're on the topic, it's definitely worth mentioning. 
when it comes to agreements, can you explain if you are selling a home for a client and someone comes in and says, Hey, Greg, I don't have a realtor. I'm considering buying this home. Explain how you as a realtor, and I know you don't do this, but if a realtor were to take on both people, explain the difference between the duty they have to the seller and the duty they have to the buyer, because they are quite different. Yeah. Well, it, it depends because if, if you have a representation agreement with the seller and a representation agreement with the buyer, then you can't do anything. And you're setting yourself up for a disaster because legally, according to the terms of the Ontario um, uh, Real Estate Association and RICO, you basically can't say anything to either party. Right. So they can just tell you what, what the, you can just, they can just tell you what they want to do, what they agree to, but you like, you can't, like imagine being in a situation where you're trying to like, you're supposed to be advising and then you're, you're on both sides and you have to just sit there and be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. well, this is what they're offering. This is what they're offering. What would you like to do? Okay. What do you think? Sorry. Sorry. Can't, can't, can't help you there. So in most circumstances, if you have a listing and someone comes in as a buyer, what you'll do is you'll sign the customer service agreement with the buyer, which means that you're going to do your best to help them to help the process, but you can't give them any advice at all. So they just kind of say, and then now, of course, if that actually happens, you know what I mean? People nudge, you know, wink, wink kind of stuff. Uh, and it happens. And I mean, and I've done it before. I don't do it anymore, but I've done it in the past. And in the situations that I did do it in, uh, um, I just knew at the time there were, because of the circumstances that if I didn't do it, that this wasn't going to get done. Hmm. Um, so I took it upon myself, but now, and I know I've said this before too, if, if anyone comes on, I just pass them off to, um, uh, to someone else to represent them on the purchase. Um, which I think is fair because then your seller understands that you're totally working for them mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you're, you're not looking just to get it done and get more commission. Um, at least, you know, that's how I operate. Yeah. And I know I said this last time we discussed this, which again was a while ago. So apologies to anyone who is, uh, you know, an avid listener and has heard this conversation before, but that, that <laughs> is the, times. that is the issue is that if you have, you know, if you have a buyer and a seller, typically, you know, they say a good negotiation is when both people leave unsatisfied, right? It's kind of like, damn it. We probably could have got a bit more yep. and the buyers like, damn it. I could have paid a bit less. Um, but in the situation where the person in the middle has a direct benefit of selling the home, one of those two people, either the buyer or the seller is going to come out on the short end, right? Like the real estate agent's always going to win. Yeah. And either the buyer or the seller is going to win, which means that either the buyer or the seller is going to lose. There's no there's no way that everyone can be happy. I don't think in that situation. No. And it's tough. Like there was two times this year where I actually had buyers that I took through my listing because it was exactly what they were looking for, but neither of those deals went through and I was super thankful, but going into it, I told the buyer, I said, look, you know, I've been working with you guys for a bit. Um, you were going to go see my listing. If for whatever reason you guys want it, I'm going to have to refer you to somebody else to represent you. And I I explained to them, I'm like, it's not what I want to do. I go, but in this, in this scenario, um, I have a seller agreement for this property and I have to put them before uh, you because that's, that's because they, because the selling product is one product and a buyer can look, have multiple options. Right. 
So in that scenario, if I'm working with a seller and a buyer, I would put my allegiance towards the seller first um, and, and pass the buyer off to a colleague to uh, fairly represent them. And, you know, if they got it great and they agreed, they're like, absolutely. We understand, we trust you. And then if they, if they got the house great. And if not, then I'd go back out and look with them again. But again, it's conversation. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I should mention, and we've discussed this before as well, is at any time there is a buy and sell where the same agent is representing both sides and, or both agents work in the same office that that automatically triggers an appraisal. So there's no way around that. Um, right. So if you, if you are selling the property and this buying agent is also from Blue Panda, then it 100% will require yeah. an appraisal. Um, you had a couple other things you wanted to touch on, Greg, before we get into the uh, everyone's favorite uh, segment. Yeah, just, just quickly. I mean, I was re- reading this article from... Um, it was in The Citizen. They're just talking about Zucasa. Zucasa is owned by Rogers, right? And they did a big big calculation of the average price in September involving all types of properties. And, uh, you know, the, the headline here is home sold over asking Ottawa's gap is the highest in Ontario. Now, you know, that's for, that's for September. And that was also when the market slowed down the most. So I don't know how that number came about. And I honestly can't believe that Ottawa has the biggest gap in Ontario when there was an article that came out last week. I can't remember where it was from, but said that Ottawa is not even on the radar for overinflated market in the world. It's not even, it's not even anywhere near it, but from this article, international study, Toronto and Vancouver were there. Right. Anyways, I find this, I, I find this, I, I don't know. Like I, I didn't collect the data obviously, so I'm not sure. But when I'm looking now at this, the, st- the stats for the last month in, in Ottawa, you know, homes are selling anywhere from 90% of listing price to 120% of listing price. So to me, that pretty much balances out just, you know, 105 ish. So, I mean, I think we're still, I think we're coming down. I think we're coming down. And I think there might've been a few anomalies in there that created that, that number because they're doing it strictly by data and not neighborhood, not the specific type of property. It's completely vague. Right. So I think there's a few giant sales that are skewing that big time. I would have to assume that also the unreserved sales are factoring into that, right? Because they're being listed substantially lower than what they're selling for, which would impact those numbers. Right. Exactly. They would be included in that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Cause unreserved is currently only in autumn, right? Unreserved is currently only in Ottawa and they yeah. are the ones that are, are driving those, uh, those price gaps. So don't, so anyone who reads that again, I, I find these articles are just, they're not giving you all the information and they're not looking for all the information. They're just taking the headline and, and, and trying to scare people. Podcasts you know, are where it's at, right? Independent not... news, independent <laughs> news, independent <laughs> news, the truth, the toe rip, toe rip. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, so I, I just wanted to talk about that because this article just came out today, like two hours ago. And, and I think it's it's crazy. It doom and gloom again. Like people just, you know, it's like we always say, you want to buy, buy, you don't, you don't, you want to rent, rent, whatever. Just talk to an expert. Don't read into the headlines. If you if you read the headlines and you're concerned, call your professional or send us a message here and we'll explain it better to you. And then the other thing quickly here is, is the Scotiabank sees eight Bank of Canada interest rates by the end of 2023. I know, Paul, you can talk about that more, but like you said to me earlier, it's the same kind of stuff that they've been talking about forever. 
Yeah. So what do I you mean, think? End of 2022. And then, you know, I know I alluded to this a couple of weeks ago or whenever it was last week or the week before that, you know, Benjamin Toll says that, you know, he thinks they should be raising it sooner than later. And he's advising them that, you know, 2023 would be too late. And there, I mean, it's in our, honestly, for us on our side, we hear this back and forth all the time. Uh, it only makes headlines when it's, you know, I guess at the, at the, at the breaking point. Uh, but I personally, I think sometime in 2022, we'll probably see a rate hike that that's my, that's my personal opinion. I would say probably sometime mid year to third quarter, somewhere in there, we'll probably see a quarter percent increase. That's again, this is my own personal opinion. Don't, uh, don't take that to the bank, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, I wanted to just go back quickly to your, your article about the home prices and the spread. The thing that bothers me, and you, when you look at that article, like the headline is very attention grabbing, and then you click on the article, and it's maybe five hundred words. Like it's it's a yeah. very very short article, yeah. Uh, and it makes you realize that like all of these things are just to get that just to get that click. You know, it's just to get people to click on it, get your ad revenue, have them share it on social media, start a conversation on their own. Like none of this stuff is actually trying to genuinely inform you as to what is happening. There's no education piece to it. It's just, here's some stats, share it with your friends. Here's a really catchy headline, you know? Um, so it does bother yeah. me a little bit, to be honest. I wish we could just get like a true, like transparent view of let's get some like economists in there. Let's get some actual people that understand the industry and not just like you said, like there's so many factors that go into this, those numbers, like unreserved, as I mentioned, obviously that's a, that's a massive factor. They've, they've had probably what 20, 30 to 40 sales now. Um, in the last three, four months, I would imagine. Yeah. And all 150 to 200,000 over list price generally. Yeah. So there you go. That's that, that, that instantly changes that whole, the whole dynamic of, of those numbers. I, uh, I'd highlighted a, uh, a line of text in there in that article that tells you everything you need to know about it. And the line is, uh, Zucasa said that the next largest spread between that. So their information is coming from Zucasa. So you can almost guarantee that that's who paid for this article that's who paid for you know it's it's the same thing with the marketplace and all of that right it's it's uh you know there's an agenda here with someone in someone's pocket mm -hmm. and uh and it's pretty easy to see that when you actually read the thing oh uh, there's so much of that in the world eh? <laughs> somebody in someone's pocket <laughs> i love it thanks Steven. We all, so, live, we all live in pockets. I live in your pocket. You know, you guys live in someone's pocket. That's what it is. <laughs> pocket world. Uh, Polly pockets. Polly pockets. Oh, man. Um, Polly pockets, bro. What else, what else is going on, Greg, on your side? We, should we hop into the listings? A minute to list it? Yeah, let's, let, let's get into the listing. I got a couple listings. One, one we ran last week. I got a new one. I got two other ones coming up this week. Uh, pretty, pretty nice. I think I'm going to have a nice end of the year. And the, and the market's just, it's just moving along. It's trucking. We're trucking. Let's do it. Steven, where are we at? Let's go. 
Welcome to 2278 Descartes Street in Orleans. Are you looking for a three-bedroom row home in Orleans, but always finding it a challenge to get the right home on the right lot? Well, this may be the home for you. This Cardell-built Briarwood model on Descartes gives you a great interior space from top to bottom, as well as the exterior, extra exterior space you're looking for. Bright and spacious with nine-foot ceilings and hardwood throughout the main level, upgraded tiling, tile flooring in the foyer, and a two-piece bath. Open concept kitchen, island, granite countertops, and breakfast bar. The space is ideal for entertaining. Upstairs, you'll find a fabulous master bedroom with walk-in closet and large master bathroom, including a double sink for your convenience. The secondary bedrooms are a great size for a growing family, and the laundry is just down the hall. The fully finished basement is super cozy for a night with its rich, a night in with its rich, dark color. Out back, you'll find a huge two-tier PVC deck, gazebo setup, and storage shed. The perfect space for summer barbecues. Come and see what this home has to offer. Steps away from parks, schools, transit, and the Francois Dupuis Community Center. Woo! Wow, perfect timing, sir. Well done. To the second. To the second. Can't hear you, Greg. Even with a couple fumbles. There there. Yeah, I know. I'm using Yeah, you dropped the ball I've a few times and you still got the touchdown. Well done. Yeah, that's good. Let's do it. Number Let's two. Do, give me one second. Number two. This is 47B Ontario Street, listed at 537.5. This extraordinarily unique and charming four-story row home will bring you closer to nature in the middle of the city. Located in Overbrook, near transit, shopping, and other amenities, while being only steps to the Rideau River, this home has much to offer. A Euro-style kitchen overlooking an open-concept living room and dining room with hardwood floors. A vaulted 30-foot ceiling in the dining area with a glistening chandelier and newly painted neutral walls. The main living area feels both spacious and warm. On the third level, you will find a large main bedroom, a four-piece bath, laundry, and a large walk-in closet. On to the fourth. The second level living room is with a, has, a, has a library opening onto a sizable private balcony. Showstopper. This unit is functionally wonderful. Updated electrical, wow. pot lights, and plenty of storage included with a single garage. More than that, it's a unique layout. Hardwood floors, bright skylight for your personal touch. Act quickly. Four stories? Well, it's like the four story. It's it's really unique. So four stories wow, in the sense yeah, that, I like that you 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 walk in, you drive in, you walk in, you go right up. The 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 videos kind of they're actually going to redo some clips of that because it could be a little bit bit better done. Um, and then the main level, you come in. It's your kitchen, dining room with these crazy ceilings in a living space, yeah, and then upstairs you've got yeah in this in the one spot, and then. You, you go up, you've got a bathroom, a huge walk-in closet. You walk down the open hallway into your bedroom, and then you go upstairs again, and you can use it either as a bedroom or a loft up onto the and onto a balcony. It's super unique. Uh, the builders, I can't even remember the builder's name, like Rot, Rot, Rotdam? Anyways, um, like I've never heard of the builder before. They were built in 1993. I've never seen them anything like it in the city. It's like a little secret, secret spot, and it's right by um, North River Road hmm. at the river. Yeah. I like it's a it. nice one. Can't go wrong with the yeah. library. No, it's cool, man. Like the loft, it's got, it's got, she's got shelves. He's got shelves all the way up to the top. And it's got one of those ladders that you just click on and you move it around like this. So you climb the ladder to get to you. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. It's you like know? a beauty and the beast. Everybody wants one of those. <laughs> yeah. I actually, uh, I started reading a new uh, book recently called The Four Agreements. I'll share them with you quickly, okay. Greg. I feel like they're uh, beneficial to all. <clears throat> number one is to be impeccable with your word. That's number one. Number two, there's subsections, but I'll just keep it at a high level. Number two, don't take anything personally. Yeah. Number three, don't make assumptions. 
Mm-hmm. Number four, always do your best. Always do your best. That's, uh, that's great. Should we get into the mood boost? Yeah, we should do it. Mood boost. Let's do it. Let's go. I got four today. Number one, number one, you really shouldn't be intimidated by advanced math. It's easy as pie. Oh, yeah. For all those 3.14s out there. Uh, Number two, I just found out that I'm colorblind. The news came completely out of the green. Like it. Number three, why didn't the cat go to the vet? He was feline fine. Oh, he was feeling. And last but not least, number four, what is the quickest way to make antifreeze? Just steal her blanket. I liked all those. (laughs) Uh, I liked all those jokes. Yeah. And especially the way that you, your little punchline after the punchline of the first one for all those 3.14s out there. Loved my awesome. pies, you know. I remember yeah. I think it was grade, what grade would that have been? Probably grade eight math, maybe grade seven math. They had the pie number all the way around the the, the classroom. I think it was like a hundred, oh, we wow. had about a hundred numbers deep. I remember and kids, like the top, like right by the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I remember kids with pie being like, I I I memorized 64 digits of pie. Ha 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 ha. And now we're at a point yeah. with technology where it's like we've sequenced pie to I think like the 53 billionth digit or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. It's like remember yeah. when you knew 64 though? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the equation is to get to pie, but uh yeah. My son's doing uh yeah. no, no calculus. Pie. No pie He's doing calculus right now, and it's quite uh, quite hilarious to look back and realize I remember nothing. <laughs> It's like, well, I know I've seen yeah. that before, but don't ask me to describe it. And then, now, and then you're never going to be walking around with a calculator. You never pocket. used it. Yeah, yeah, never. right. It'll be in yeah, your brain never. instead. Yeah. Um, well, Greg, I don't have uh, I don't have much left left to say this week. That was good. I think, yeah, I enjoyed good. that. I enjoyed our conversation today, Paul. It was great. Likewise, like, throwback to the Growcast days. Except yeah. we don't have a guest, so I guess it's a little different, but. <laughs> Um, so for anyone who is, uh, anyone who's tuning in, uh, we do record, uh, in advance. We release these on Tuesday mornings at 11 AM, sorry, 10 AM. Wow. See, I'm thrown off now with our recording 10 AM Tuesdays, new episodes on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple, you name it. It's there a uh, quick shout out again to North brew, northbrew.ca said it right this time. Uh, if you use the promo code podcast, you can get 20% off all of your coffee orders. And uh, lastly, shout out to Blue Panda and all our agents over at Referral Mortgages. We uh, we appreciate all of you. Very grateful. And uh, Stephen Hopkins, I like when you tune in. I like when you jump in on the, on the conversation. I was worried to do it last week because yeah. of the new place, but now I've I'm, my element is more or less here now, so I'm a lot more confident. <laughs> cool. Confidence is important. Right on. Great, everyone. Well, we will see you next okay. week. And as always, if you have any questions, any comments, any topics, fire them our way through social media or email, wherever you want to get to us. And we'll, uh, we'll make sure to chat about it on the show. Otherwise we'll see you next week. Gregory, much love, brother. Yeah.
The Ottawa Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by Referral Mortgages, Blue Panda Realty, and Stephen Hopkins Video. Thanks for tuning in. And please remember to like, comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you.